Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to the program where we salute Pat Sajak and Vanna White, who have both reportedly signed up for another three years on Wheel of Fortune. They've been there a lot longer than I've been on this show. They've been with the show through the 2023-2024 season as part of their new contract. And as of 2023, Pat and Vanna will have been with the show for 40 years. It first debuted in 1983. And 2023 will be their 40th year, and then they're going to be through another one. So they'll be through 41 years with Wheel of Fortune. Today on this program, Better Than Before, I'm Tony Richards, your host, and I'm going to focus on the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make. Now, I've had a few emails and social media feedback that, hey, Tony, when are you going to have more guests back on better than before? Well, I had some lined up for September, and they're still lined up. We may not get to them till October, but we got some fabulous people coming on the show in future episodes. But by the same token, the last three to four weeks when I've done some deep dives into some of these business topics... And also on some of these leadership adjustment topics, I've gotten fabulous feedback. People say, man, keep that going. We really enjoy listening to that on your podcast. So this particular topic is going to take a few shows to do. It's going to take me a while to go through and list the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make and make some comments on each one. So we're going to do the first 10 this week on this show, and then we'll continue with 10 more next week. So that's 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make, and that's coming up here in just a second, right after I tell you that today's program is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Stand by. I'll be right back with five of the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make next here on Better Than Before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. 
or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant, it doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. back to better than before i'm master coach tony richards and we're starting a brand new deep dive series called the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make and i'm going to do five of the 25 and then we'll take a little break and i'll come back and do five more here on this week's program let's start with number one and these are in no particular order in other words number one is not the dumbest and then 25 is the least dumbest they're all dumb And they're all mistakes and they all have really bad side effects when leaders do these things. Number one is indecision. And I've seen this throughout my leadership career by leaders that have reported to me, heck, I've even done it. You know, you get into a place where you just get stuck and you get locked up and then you're not quite sure. You start going by your feelings instead of what you know logically to be right. And then your feelings drive you instead of the facts. And then you start shifting around and you start drifting off course. And then you start taking your organization in a different direction, just at the drop of a hat, or you're never really sure of a consistent direction. So it creates a constantly shifting effect of where the organization is going. And those organizations who don't have a clear vision of the future are destined to be sold to a superior organization who does know what they want and they do know where they're going. So the constantly changing of direction, it drives employees nuts. And it's very much akin to riding in a car. I've used this example all the time. So you've probably heard it before. It's very much like riding in a car and the driver is either lost or has no idea which way they're going and just meanders around constantly shifting and moving. And let's try this street. Well, that's probably going the wrong way. Let's reverse course and go the opposite direction. And then employees become puzzled and very insecure. And here's the thing. Safety is one of the really strong needs that all human beings need and all employees are human beings. So we know they need a safety need fulfilled. And when that safety need stops being fulfilled by your organization, they don't feel safe and secure anymore. They're going to leave you and get that need fulfilled somewhere else. They're going to go to an organization that has a strong track record and a strong vision of where they're going and an organization that is consistent to follow that vision without a lot of constant changing of course. Now, there are minor course corrections all the time that you have to make, but when you jerk that thing in reverse or you make a 360 turn right away or you go into a roundabout with the organization and go the other direction, all the accomplishments you have made before all start feeling empty or valueless because employees can't figure out how this makes the company progress and they can't figure out how the accomplishments of these things are adding up to anything that can possibly figure out or is in alignment with anything that you've told them in the past. 
So indecision is a killer. Number two, when you hide behind closed doors, there's a certain amount of this that is going to happen from time to time. But when you do this consistently, when you keep your door closed, you start giving off the impression that something's not right and it looks suspicious and it creates uncertainty about what's going on. Obviously, if you're in a private meeting for a relatively short time, or if you have some tedious, important work to do, and you've told maybe your admin assistant or whatever that you're going to shut your door because you've got to concentrate, focus, and get this done on a short deadline or something, that's all fine. Somebody knows what you're doing in there. But if your door is constantly and consistently closed day after day, it's not going to lead to good vibrations. I can tell you that right now. Another reason leaders do this dumb thing is because they're scared. That's right. They're fearful. What are they scared of? Confrontation and conflict. Two dangerous C's, confrontation and conflict, as if the situation will come to the closed door and just go away. The closed door is some kind of magic formula that will cause the confrontation or the conflict to just dissipate. It doesn't. It amplifies it. So what is actually happening is the leader is missing out on valuable opportunities. What are those opportunities? Engagement with people, valuable people, connection with people, and inspiration for people. And they also miss opportunity to be inspired by their people. Maybe somebody wants to come and tell you how they got a big win or maybe how they solved a difficult problem or how something they were concerned about is now fixed. And you're in there with your door closed because you're afraid they're only going to bring you bad stuff. And you think you're going to separate yourself from the bad stuff by closing your door. Won't happen. Number three, consistently breaking promises. This just puts your integrity in question and it completely destroys your credibility which when these two things are gone or damaged, your integrity and your credibility, you destroy the foundation of all relationships, which is trust. And you got to be careful with your word. You have to be careful what you agree to and what you promise someone because they're going to expect you to live up to what you said. Where this happens the most and where I see expectation conflict arise is when we want a potential valuable person to come to work for us in our organization. And while we may not promise certain things outright, the other person picks up the vibe and leaves that interaction to make their decision to come to work for you with the idea that the things you talked about are absolutely certainly going to happen. Is that fair? Maybe not, but it is going to happen. I've seen it happen time and time and time again. Trust is a powerful component of all organizations because of its impact on relationships and in turn, the organization. So you've got to be upfront and very clear about the things you put your word behind and what things are simply potential possibilities if certain things happen. And you've got to be really clear about those things so that potential employee does not go away. And you can't hedge or fudge by helping them think you're going to do certain things or promise certain opportunities or certain promotions or money situations or this, that, and the other, because you want to tip the scales to have them come and you'll figure out how to get out of it later. That's a recipe for disaster. Number four, making assumptions, making assumptions. Now, here's the thing. 
Every human being misses reality to varying degrees. Everyone does. There are people who get very, very close to sizing up situations in a realistic fashion, but everybody has blind spots. And there are people who have small blind spots, medium blind spots, and large blind spots. Everybody's biased. And when we have a positive bias, what that means is we overvalue something. In other words, it always comes with very optimistic assumptions. And the same thing happens when we have a negative bias where we undervalue things and we don't size them up properly with the appropriate value. And we're pessimistic about those things. So the thing is, when we miss reality because it's in our blind spot or because of our bias, there's ample opportunity to do significant damage in situations and in your organization. This is exactly why it is incredibly important to really know yourself incredibly well or to work with a really good coach who can remind you and bring these things to mind when you fall into your old habits of making assumptions with an over or undervaluing bias. I help my clients tremendously with this because I have an instrument and an algorithm that I use that measures these biases and blind spots and this acumen capacity, and I'm able to communicate that to them, and we work on it. We work on getting a more realistic view all the time. Now, one of the ways to avoid the self-sabotage is to ask a lot of good questions to really uncover as much of the truth and reality so you have a more realistic grasp of the situation and not an idealistic way that you're looking at it. What does that sound like in regular language? Well, when people say things like, well, it shouldn't be that way, or the way it should be is, or the way I think it should be is, you're showing your bias because you aren't talking about reality. You're talking about an idealistic situation that should be. You're not talking about how the situation really is. So that's something to watch out for because it creates really bad damaging assumptions on the leader's part. Number five is taking credit for the work of others. I don't think I have to explain this one too much. It's a huge sin because the person who gets resentful because you took credit for something they created or they had the original idea or they played a major role in it or they helped execute it in a big way. That person you offended in this way never really gets over it, and they never, ever forgive you for it. It's always there. It's a strong mental suggestion you put there, no matter how much you think, and this is, again, an unrealistic bias, well, they should just get over it. Anytime you hear should, you're talking idealistically, not realistically. No, they don't have to get over it, and they probably won't. You got to make sure you know who really did contribute and really spread around the credit for success. So no more shooting from the hip, no more trying to remember who to mention when you're on the spot. You better spend time preparing your comments and get this piece right if you're going to do it. And I think you should do it. You need to publicly acknowledge people for their good work. You absolutely should, but you better get it right. So you better focus on how the team did. Be careful about individual credit. You absolutely should give individual credit when it's realistic and true, and you should have verified it. Randomly trying to do this impromptu is dangerous, and you better avoid it. It's better to omit everybody individually than to miss somebody who contributed. 
you can always go to that person and thank them one-on-one later, leave it out of your public comments or until you verify it. It's better to miss it in a group and do something one-on-one than creating resentment with that person in a crowd that's going to follow them throughout the whole time that they are associated with you in this company. And too much of that gets spread around and people just get resentful and then it turns to resistance and finally gets to revenge. How do they get revenge? They leave you. They go somewhere else where they think they'll be properly credited properly appreciated and properly thanked. So we've been through the first five of the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make. We'll do another five coming up next here on Better Than Before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and we're working our way through. It's almost like I'm Casey Kasem here doing the weekly countdown. That's a dated reference. Maybe I should have said Ryan Seacrest. We're working our way through the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make, and we're up to number six on the list. And number six is thinking you know it all. Oh, my gosh. Have you been identified as a know-it-all? Every time someone mentions something, you know all about it, and your opinion is the only one that counts. Well, let me clue you in, okay? None of us, none of us who are professional managers, professional leaders, coaches, facilitators, advisors, consultants, none of us know it all, okay? And here's the thing. You can always tell who the people are that are the learners, the people who are always learning, because the more they learn, the more they realize there's so much they don't know. I'm surprised how stupid I was two weeks ago. I'm always learning new things. And quite frankly, I'm ashamed that for 20 years, I was really talking about something that I could have sworn was the right way to go or is true. But hey, things change. New things happen. The world changes. People somewhat change in the way they go about stuff or maybe their preferences or whatever. And most leaders who think they know it all probably haven't read anything substantial in years. And I'll throw in a quick story here. As a matter of fact, I worked with one particular person. It's been a few years ago, nobody lately, but they had this know-it-all thing chronically. And then one day I was in their office and all of a sudden I had a flash of brilliance and it all started to make sense to me. I'm in their office and I scanned their bookshelf and they had three or four books on the bookshelf that were leading leadership and management books. The only thing was they were from the 1960s. 
There was nothing on their bookshelf, even in the current decade. There wasn't anything on their bookshelf in the last three decades. And some of those management philosophies that the whole book was about are now sort of jokes that people use inside the business that our coaches and advisors and some CEOs look back on that stuff and kind of laugh. Well, this person was a total sold out believer in these things and had no clue as to how things are changed. So sometimes what you say is a clue. And I always think the most valuable thing you can say to anyone when you really don't know is, I don't know, but I can find out. And that's a painful phrase for some people. They have trouble saying, I don't know, because they feel stupid, but they're not stupid. The smart person says, I will research that. I will look it up. I will be consistent. I will uncover this and come back to you with the correct answer. Why do people have this know-it-all behavior? Well, it prevails in some people because of two really big components, ego and fear, because their ego talks to them. And the ego says, no one's smarter than we are. No one can tell us anything. And fear says, we don't need anything new. We're just fine. Look at what all we've accomplished. Look at where we are in our career. We are the leader here, and we can't afford for anybody to think we don't know what we're doing. You know what? Smart people ask other people's opinions and thoughts all the time. Doesn't mean you have to use it. Doesn't mean you have to accept it. Doesn't mean you have to put it in play, but Asking questions and not feeling like no one can give you any input or tell you anything is an isolator that is dangerous. It's silly and it's stupid. And it's very evident to most people except that person. It's really in their blind spot. Number seven, fudging the rules. You can't fudge the rules. If you're the leader who likes lots and lots of rules, well, guess what? You better be ready to be the exemplar of those rules. You can't be caught bending them to the extreme, let alone breaking the rules. Now, if there are certain exceptions, then you need to note those exceptions in the rule or the policy and make a change to it. But if you want to always bend or break them just because of air quotes, special situations, and that's your excuse and your explanation for constantly bending and fudging the rules, it's leadership suicide with your people. Uh, what it actually means is when you have too many exceptions to a rule, that means the rule is totally flawed and it needs to be modified, updated, changed, or thrown out. Number eight, number eight is poor scheduling. Here's another thing that I have discovered and I have proven time and time again, as that is human beings need a personal rhythm and a business rhythm. I don't know how many people I have coached in my career that when we established or fixed their rhythm, it fixed a whole bunch of stuff. Now, what's a rhythm? It's a very defined process by which you run your leadership for yourself and your leadership for your team. That means meetings happen at the same time, on the same day, on the same week, on the same month, the same quarter. Annual meetings happen once a year at the same particular time. Human beings work in rhythm. They're rhythmic creatures, and they have to have a flow that they can get into. And when you have too many disruptions in your rhythm and your flow, it creates disruption. It makes things run in a disjointed fashion. Well, your effectiveness and your efficiency suffers really, really greatly. 
you're buying into this hair on fire or this firefighting management style, that's really dumb. If you think there's no answer to this and that's just the way things are, and that's just the way it is around here, that stuff might work somewhere else, but it didn't work around here. We're just too busy. Our hair's on fire all the time. And that's just the way it is. We're a firefighting organization. We're constantly having fires break out and we have to take care of things as they happen. We can't get into a regimented so-and-so allow me to introduce you to a couple of my clients. And I promise you, they will be the first to tell you that they probably were people who said the same thing, but now they would not be able to do without their rhythm. Number nine, really dumb thing that smart leaders do is gossip. This one is just short and sweet. Do not participate. End of story. It should not be tolerated, let alone participated in. It is more than likely less than 10% truly factual. And you are participating in killing someone's reputation and killing their livelihood. And you may think you're a crusader on a mission to make sure people know about certain things, but you are not. You are a gossiper because chances are you were not there when so-and-so said something to so-and-so or so-and-so did something. You don't know anything about it. You're just repeating something someone else said, and then you're adding several percentage points to it when you repeat it. It should never come from leaders, and if it does, you have disqualified yourself from leadership in my estimation, and most mature leaders would agree with this. Gossip is a sign of severe immaturity and weakness. Do not get caught doing it. And the best way for that to happen is not to participate. And if you have people that report to you, shut it down. Number 10, bad communication. This is another terrible virus that can infect and eventually destroy the ecosystem of your organization. It kills trust. When you do not seek to be as clear and talk as straight as possible, it's a terrible habit to get into, and it will kill your success and the organization's success. When you leave out or you omit certain details that are needed for the communication to be effective, it hurts your credibility and it hurts your integrity. Communication by omission is a terrible way to go. So those are the first 10 out of 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make. Next week on the program, I'll have another 10 of the 25 come better than before. Better than before is brought to you by University Subaru, University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Special thanks, as always, to my producer extraordinaire, Tessa Hall. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. And you can also come over and join our Facebook group. It's absolutely free. Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach. I publish a lot of my research on there. Most of the things that I read on a daily basis, mostly in periodicals and papers and stuff like that, I will publish a link to that stuff as well as giving you a couple of my leadership maxims that I've written or utilized in the past. You'll also get some great quotes. You meet some people there and we've got I don't know, 15, 1600 people who like the page. We've got another 11 to 1200 that are followers of the page. And I think they'd tell you that they get some good free stuff there. So come on over and join that. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. If you'd like to do that at Tony Richards Four. 
Until we visit again next week, I got you in my thoughts and in my prayers. I'm Tony Richards, and I want to remind you once again that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.